Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I am convinced that our Second Amendment's right to have guns and use guns is so important to our freedom. But is that the attitude of most Americans? Well, Catherine Schaefer of the Pew Research Center says that guns are deeply ingrained in American society and the nation's political debates. The Second Amendment to the Constitution guarantees the right to bear arms, and about a third of U.S. adults say they personally own a gun. At the same time, in response to concerns such as rising gun death rates and mass shootings, President Joe Biden has proposed gun policy legislation that would expand the bipartisan gun safety bill Congress passed in 2022. Here are some key findings about Americans' view of gun ownership and gun policy and other subjects drawn primarily from the Pew Research Center survey conducted of June of last year. Number one, about four in 10 U.S. adults say they live in a household with a gun including 32% who say they personally own one. These numbers are virtually unchanged since a survey in 2021. There are, diff- there, there are differences in, in gun ownership rates by, by political affiliation. Uh, gender, of course, uh, different. Uh, there's a difference in, in gun ownership rates as well. Uh, community type and even other factors. For instance, Republicans and, and Republican-leaning independents are more than twice as likely as Democrats or Democratic leaners to say they personally own a gun. 45% versus 20%. 40% of men say they own a gun compared to only 25% of women. And that one kind of surprises me a little bit because a gun is the great equalizer, particularly when it comes to women. But anyway, 47% of adults living in rural areas report personally owning a firearm as do smaller shares of those who live in the suburbs 30 percent and urban areas only 20 percent 38 percent of white americans own a gun uh, compared uh, with a smaller share of uh, blacks uh, 24 hispanics at 20 asians at 10 as far as americans are concerned Uh, number two personal protection tops the list of reasons gun owners give their Uh, gift for owning a firearm. About three quarters, that's 72% of gun owners say that protection is a major reason they own a gun. Considerably smaller shares say that a major reason they own a gun is for hunting, 32%, uh, sport shooting, 30%, uh, as part of a gun collection, 15, or for their job, only 7%. Uh, you know, the, the personal protection reason for gun ownership is is actually up 5% since 2017. Number three, gun owners tend to have more, uh, uh, much more positive feelings about having a gun in the house than non-gun owners who live with them. For instance, 71% of gun owners say they enjoy owning a gun, but far fewer non-gun owners in, in gun-owning households, 31%, say they enjoy having one in the home. And while 81% of gun owners say owning a gun makes them feel safer, a narrower majority, only 57%, of non-gun owners in gun households say the same for having the firearm at home. Non-gun owners also more likely 
than owners to worry about having a gun in the home. 27% versus 12, respectively. Democrat owners are more likely to say they worry about having a gun in the home. Um, and many don't even know much about a gun, to be honest with you. That's what my experience has been. But number four, non-gun owners are split on whether they see themselves owning a firearm in the future. About half, 52% of Americans who don't own a gun say they would never see themselves owning one. While nearly as many, 47%, could imagine themselves as gun owners in the future. Among those who currently do own a gun, 56% of men say they could see themselves owning a gun one day. Only 40% of women say that at the same time. 61% of Republicans and 40% of Democrats who don't own a gun say that they would consider one in the future. 56% of black non-owners say that they could see themselves owning a gun one day, uh, compared to a smaller share, whites 48%, Hispanics 40 and Asians 38 um, and, and, and we see that actually in, in, um, what race of people are buying more uh, guns, uh, right now. And that is black. So that's, they're, they're the number one right now, uh, as far as a, a, a group that's growing. Number five, Americans are evenly split over whether gun ownership does more to increase or decrease safety. About half, 49%, say it does more to increase safety by allowing law-abiding citizens to protect themselves. But an equal share say gun ownership does more to reduce safety by giving too many people access to firearms and increasing misuse. Republicans and Democrats differ, of course, on this question. That's not not a shocker, right? 79% of Republicans say that the gun ownership does more to increase safety, while nearly identical share of Democrats, 78%, say that it does more to reduce safety. So, so it kind of depends on whether or not uh, you, you're a Republican or Democrat, whether or not you think that more guns is makes you safer or not. Uh, urban and rural Americans also have starkly different views. Among adults who live in urban areas, 64% say gun ownership reduces safety, while 34% say it does more uh, to increase safety. Among those who live in rural areas, 65% say gun ownership increases safety, compared to 33% who say it does more to reduce safety. Those living in suburbs are about, you know, equally split. Uh, number six, Americans increasingly say that gun violence is a major problem. Six in 10 U.S. adults say gun violence is a very big problem in the country today, up 9%. That's nine percentage points from spring of 2022. In the survey conducted uh, uh, this, this last June, 23% say gun violence is a moderately big problem, and about 2 in 10 say it is either a small problem, 13%, or not a problem at all. That's 4%. <laughs> Looking ahead, 62% of Americans say they expect the level of gun violence to increase over the next five years. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> with, with uh, you know, defunding the police and things like that. Uh, this is double the share who expect it to stay the same, 31%. Just 7% expect the level of gun violence to decrease. I can't imagine how it would. Number seven, a majority of Americans, 61%, say it is too easy to legally obtain a gun in this country. Another 30% say the ease of legally obtained uh, a, a gun is about right. 
and 9% say it's too hard to get a gun. Non-gun owners are nearly twice as likely as gun owners to say it is too easy to uh, legally obtain a gun. (laughs) 73 to 38. How do they know? They don't own a gun. Uh, Meanwhile, gun owners are more than twice as likely as non-gun owners to say the ease of obtaining a gun is about right. Uh, Partisan uh, and, and demographic differences also exist on this question. While 60, I'm sorry, 86% of Democrats say it's too easy to obtain a gun legally. 34 say, uh, Republicans say the same thing. Most urban, 72%, and suburban, 63% dwellers, say it's too easy to legally obtain a gun. Rural residents are more divided. You know, 47% say it's too easy to 41. Uh, and only 11% say it's, it's too hard. Uh, number eight, about six in 10 U.S. adults, that's 58%, favor stricter gun laws. Another 26% say that U.S. gun laws are about right, and 15 say that, you know, we should have less gun restrictions. I, I would be in that column, to be honest with you. Uh, the percentage who say these laws should be stricter are, has uh, fluctuated a bit in recent years. And in 2021, 53% favored stricter gun laws. And then in 2019, 60% said they they did. So it just keeps kind of bouncing up and down. Number nine, there is broad partisan agreement on some gun policy proposals, but most are politically divisive. <laughs> the, the June 2023 survey found this, that majorities of U.S. adults in both partisan coalitions somewhat or strongly favor two, two policies uh, that, that would restrict gun access preventing those with mental illnesses from purchasing guns, 88% um, of Republicans and 89 Democrats support this. So that's everybody's kind of on the same page there and increasing the minimum age for buying guns to 21 years old, Uh, 69% Republicans and 90% of Democrats. Majorities in both parties also uh, oppose allowing people to carry concealed firearms without a permit. That one's kind of interesting, right? 60% of Republicans even. That was a little bit surprising to me. This is not surprising, though. 91% of Democrats oppose this. So, uh, Rep- Republicans and Democrats differed on several other proposals, while 85% of Democrats favor banning both assault-style weapons, whatever that means, and high-capacity ammunition magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. Uh, majorities of Republicans oppose uh, these proposals, um, 57 and 54% respectively. Most Republicans, on the other hand, support allowing teachers and school officials to carry guns in K-12 schools, 74%, and allowing people to carry concealed guns in more places, 71%. These proposals are supported by just 27% and 19% of Democrats, though. So, so yeah, it's definitely kind of a Republican or a conservative type of idea, and I think a good, both of those are good ones. So now, now that your head is just like full of numbers, right, of, of how we as Americans feel about guns, let's look at what is coming down the pike this year at the uh, federal level. Um, Mike, Michael Clements, uh, he, he's, um, he, he writes for the Epoch Times, and he says this. He says, 18 months after it was enacted, President Joe Biden credited the 2022 bipartisan Safety Communities Act, or BSCA, for saving lives, as he said. Quote, I am proud to have taken more executive action than any president in history 
to combat gun violence in America. And I will never stop fighting to get even more done. That's what President Biden laid out on, on January 5th, just a few days ago. Uh, Congress must enact universal background checks, blah, 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 blah. ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, uh, end the gun industry's immunity for liability, and pass a national red flags law, whatever that means. <laughs> President Biden created the, uh, the enhanced background checks in the BSCA for uh, denying more than 500 illegal gun purchases by people under 21 years old who uh, presented a danger to the community, as he put it. He also uh, touted the reimbursement, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the, this disbursement of $1.5 billion, with a B, dollars to schools to add safety measures and an increase in um, prosecutions of gun dealers due to a revised definition of the BSCA. Uh, you know, I wonder what those school districts did with that $1.5 billion. I kind of have my doubts that they're any safer. Second Amendment advocates, on the other hand, say that the BSCA has done nothing but restrict the rights of law-abiding Americans. Mark Olivia, um, he's he's manager managing director uh, of Public Affairs for the National Shooting Sports Foundation, said the Biden administration has used the BSCA as a launching point for executive overreach. He said that the president has issued executive orders promoting new laws, directed the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosive, ATF, to write new rules and change legal definitions to get the gun control he wants. Quote, and that, of course, would be illegal. The executive branch cannot gin up or just miracle out of thin air their own criminal law. This is uh, what Mr. Oliva said, and he told the Epoch Times. Federal office, uh, uh, officials said that violent crime involving firearms was on the rise, especially from 2019 to 2022 during the pandemic, of course, and the BSCA was crafted to address the problem. According to the FBI crime statistics, violent crimes, including homicides, rape, assaulted, uh, aggravated assault, and robbery spiked during the pandemic. Homicides increased from, uh, well, almost 15,000, uh, 14,678 in 2019 to 18,965, almost 19,000 in 2020. That's according to FBI data. And in 2022, they had, they had reached 19,200 nationwide. Many experts blame lockdowns, school closures, business shutdowns, and other pandemic-related issues for the increase. And in addition, the May 2020 death of George Floyd during an arrest in Minneapolis, uh, uh, police officials sparked riots and called calls for defund the police, like we were talking about earlier. Many of America's largest cities headed those calls, either cutting police department budgets or diverting funds to other programs. This resulted in fewer officers on the street and a hesitancy by some police officers to inter um, interact with citizens out of concern over how the action might be portrayed in the media. Those localized issues may have skewed the numbers, uh, according to a research group. Uh, a, a study by the Crime Prevention Research Center, the CPRC, found that 2% of U.S. countries accounted for 56% of murders uh, in 2020. 
Uh, the study published uh, in January of 2023 showed that the vast majority of communities didn't have a serious cri- uh, violent crime problem. See, this is kind of interesting, right? Homicides fell by an average of 14% nationally in the first nine months of 2023 compared to the year uh, uh, the year earlier period. And this is this right straight from the FBI data. Uh, although the agency says not all law, law enforcement agencies supply data and the homicide rate remains high uh, and, and actually higher than pre-pandemic uh, 2019. The uh, 2023 decrease is one of the statistics that the Biden administration hails as proof that the BSCA's success. <laughs> Quote, there's more work to do, but th- we're, we're making real progress. Uh, there was a significant drop in crime in 2023, including one of the largest ever yearly declines in homicides in history. This is what the Bi- uh, President Biden said again on January 5th. But several factors other than the BSCA could have played a role, uh, said Second Amendment rights advocate Alan uh, Gottlieb. Uh, He's the founder and executive vice president of the Second Amendment Foundation. And he said that even before the BSCA was enacted, courts and local and, and state governments had been affirming and expanding gun rights and and changes that had been made in in the wake of the 2020 riots were being rolled back in some areas. Many cities, including Chicago and New York and Portland, Oregon, um, that that had downsized their police department budgets, reversed course as crime increased. So they got rid of the money, <laughs> they defunded the police, and then they started funding them again. Uh, according to the National uh, National Association for uh, Gun Rights, 27 states. Yeah, get this, over half. 27 states now allow so-called constitutional carry, uh, the the carrying of of firearms without a license. So criminals in those states know their intended victims are more likely to be armed than previously had been. Uh, Between 2019 and, and, and last year, 14 states adopted constitutional carry laws. Six of those states, Alabama, Ohio, Indiana, Nebraska, Florida, and Georgia, adopted constitutional carry in 2022. So definitely the trend going the right way. Quote, I don't think the BSCA had much impact other than to provide President Biden with talking points, said Mr. Gottlieb. Uh, In addition, changes in how the FBI gather crime data means that fewer police departments report data. Uh, And that, that, that goes back to 2021 and 2022. Uh, including those in some of the nation's largest cities, such as Los Angeles and New York. The FBI said that in 2022, 15,724 agencies submitted data uh, out of about 18,884 el- uh, eligible state, county, city, university, college, tribal agencies. Um, Republicans who supported the BSCA promised the law would address violent, gr- violent crime without infringing on the rights of law-abiding gun owners. Uh, Senator John Corrin, he's the Republican from Texas, took heat for helping broker the deal with Democrats. Uh, In a January 2nd email, um, uh, Mr. Corrin's press secretary, Tatum Wallace, uh, she wrote uh, that the senator stands by his decision. Quote, since the Bipartisan Safety uh, Communities Act became law in 2020, 
2022, Texas colleges, universities, school districts, community organizations have received nearly $40 million for school safety, community violence prevention, and mental health resources. This is what Ms. Wallace said. Again, where did that money go? Hmm. In September of 2023, barely 16 months after the BCS, uh, BSCA was signed, Mr. Corrin and 16 other senators were criticizing a decision by Education Secretary Miguel Cardona to cut funding for archery and hunter safety programs in the public schools to comply with the BSCA. According to a letter signed by Mr. Corrin, and 16 other senators, Mr. Uh, Cardona uh, mis misread the law. Yeah, sure he did. In response to Mr. Uh, uh, Cardona's decision, Mr. Corrin, Senator uh, Kristen Sinema, and she's the independent from Arizona, and Senator Tom Tillis, the Republican from North Carolina, uh, in, in introduced the Protecting Hunter, uh, Hunting Heritage and Education Act to clarify that students may have programs and activities such as archery and hunting hunter safety education under the BSCA. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for and promote this, uh, this gun restriction law. And then I'm going to have to make another law to undo that. Okay. The second amendment, uh, advocates, uh, who spoke, um, with the Epoch Times saying, uh, the, uh, the BSCA is nothing more than a cudgel for um, force, you know, to force a gun control agenda. Mr. Oliva um, pointed to the ATF's new rule to redefine what it means to be engaged in the business of dealing in firearms. He said the change is an attempt to increase government regulatory authority without congressional approval. Huh, that would never happen, right? Quote. That is well beyond the definition of uh, definition that Congress authorized. The executive branch, through the ATF and and these proposed rules, has been creating criminal law out of thin air. Mr. Oliver said, President Biden issued twenty one executive orders under the umbrella of the BSCA within a month of the law being enacted, according to the White House's own website. Uh, the president outlined some of those executive orders during his speech at the summit, and they were straight from gun control movement's wish list. <laughs> Shocker. They included outlawing uh, stabilizing uh, pistol braces, which President Biden said converts a, a firearm. Uh, so, quote, you can have a higher capacity bullet coming out of that gun. As I told you, they don't understand what guns are. A stabilizing pistol brace doesn't change the caliber of the firearm. <laughs> the, the ATS pistol brace ban is set to to be uh, argued before the U.S. Supreme Court sometime this year, and, and it'll be interesting to see what they say. But President Biden also vowed to push for uh, universal background checks for all firearm purchases, zero tolerance for gun dealers that willfully violate ATF rules, red flag laws to disarm people who are uh, subject to protective orders and restrictions on, on homemade firearms or guns built from kits or, you know, they're, they're so-called ghost guns. Uh, we, we did a podcast not long ago on red flag laws, and you might want to uh, go back and, and, uh, and revisit that if, if, uh, uh, if you're a little confused on what that means. But President Biden said that he has issued more executive orders than his predecessors, and the BSCA has provided him 
the political ability to do so. Quote, they're being challenged in court, but so far, so good, he told the Catherine. Uh, one of the most controversial edicts pushed by the administration and the ATF is a proposal to allow lawsuits against gunmakers whose products are used in crimes. Quote, I didn't know 10 years ago that gun manufacturers were immune from liability. Just imagine how many more people would be, would be dead if the tobacco industry was immune from liability, President Biden said. Currently, gun manufacturers can be held liable for faulty products or bad business practices, just like any business. The President Biden wants to appeal a 2005 law protecting lawful commerce in Arms Act to, to make gun makers responsible for criminal use of firearms. So just because they make it doesn't mean that it, they're the ones responsible for its use. Mr. Oliva said the appeal of the 2005 law would be the key to throttling all American Second Amendment rights. I mean, we, we don't hold knife manufacturers responsible for all stabbings, do we? Quote, we are the industry that people uh, provides the means for people to be able to exercise their constitutional Second Amendment rights. After attacking the industry, he's going after those people who want to exercise their Second Amendment rights, he said. Mr. Gottlieb, uh, of course, agrees with that. And he's, he said the Second Amendment Foundation is involved in 57, yes, 57 active lawsuits and is considering filing or joining several others. He said his organization has recorded uh, quite a few successes as of late. Quote, we had 12 significant wins just last year alone. The group's list of successful lawsuits uh, contains some high-profile cases, such as the challenge to the ATF's rule on the stabilizing pistol braces that we talked about, a challenge to assault weapon bans in California and Illinois, and a rule by the ATF that classified pistol frames and uh, and rifle receivers, um, neither of which have, have all the parts needed to fire bullets as, as a firearm, but they want to make you register for those as well. Uh, Mr. Gottlieb uh, said gun control um, politicians will continue to introduce laws and policies uh, they know won't pass constitutional muster to create a legal quagmire. Uh, lawsuits can take years to make it through the courts, leaving law-abiding gun owners suspect to de facto gun control. And it takes time to get there. The a right delayed is a right denied, he said. But that's what they do. They, they put these into the law system. Uh, and even though it's going to get shot down for a while, they're in effect. The top four issues he uh, expects gun control proponents uh, to focus on are uh, widening the laws that, um, uh, that uh, designate places in which it's illegal to carry a firearm, uh, so-called sensitive places, in other words, uh, expanded background checks for 18 to 20 year olds, uh, bans on assault weapons, and bans on magazines that hold more than a certain number of rounds. All four have been the subject of lawsuits uh, that Mr. Gottlieb expects will be ultimately declined um, and at least decided on by the U.S. Supreme Court. The head of one uh, gun rights group expects the BSCA to be a factor in the gun rights debate for a long time. Uh, we're only just seeing the beginning effects of the law, said D uh, Dutley Brown, 
Uh, he's president of the National Association of Gun Rights, the uh, NAGR. Uh, if anything, it's a crime against Americans by denying them their Second Amendment rights, Mr. Brown said. Gun control advocates have also been busy going through the normal legislation process. The uh, NAGR website uh, includes a a page that tracks legislation. It currently lists uh, more than 40 bills the group opposes. Many of the smaller uh, measures have been packaged into lar- you know, a large piece of legislation uh, introduced by, yeah, here's a shocker for you, Senator Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah, the bill would require Americans to obtain a, a federal or state-issued license to buy your own firearms. Uh, it would... It would also set firearms and magazine bans along with red flag laws, universal background checks, and other restrictions. Um, the uh, uh, Adrian Johnson, he, the, the, the director of federal affairs of Gun Owners of America, said that non-gun control laws are passed uh, in the open. Mr. Johnson said his group was able to stop uh, a 1980s era gun law from being made permanent as part of the latest National Defense Authorization Act, uh, the NDAA. Um, Almost 18 months after the BSCA was was signed into law, the administration is taking its its principles and methods to the states to encourage them to uh, implement the BSCA's uh, style laws. On on December 13th of, of last year, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and representatives from the, the offices of gun violence prevention and intergovernmental affairs met with more than 100 state uh, leaders to promote the administration's uh, safe, safer states initiative. And of course, all it is, is just uh, pushing for more gun control. Uh, Mr. Brown said it's up to uh, gun owners to address the gun control movement head on. Um, we, this is a quote, we should be fighting this in the legislatures and we should, we should, if, if you have the ability to call your legislators or whatever, and talk about this kind of thing, um, our gun rights are the key to keeping all of our other rights. They all go away. If we don't have that second amendment, uh, you may disagree with that. You may, you may agree with that. You may uh, have a different perspective all entirely. And I would love to hear from you on it. Of course, you can always do that at uncommon sense podcast. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.